ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you so much for tuning in to the Create Podcast. Before we launch into this week's episode, we have a couple things to tell you about. One is Create Live. Are you home? Do you want to be in community? Well, every Wednesday night for the next couple of weeks, Natalie and I are teaching live on Zoom, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Come on and get on it. If you want to sign up, you can go over to our website, www.thecreateseries.com. Click on the header, Create Live, and you can sign up for that Zoom link. And there's also a wonderful donation button there if you would like to donate for the gift of this class. We would love to have you. And do you find yourself with a lot of time on your hands right now? (laughs) And do you feel like your whole life system is rebooting itself? Well, we have created this course. It's an online course. We call it the Epic Relationship Series because it's really about how to build a life that is in alignment with your highest and best self, with your truest core values. And it starts all with the relationship with you and your spirit. And now is a time where you can really dig into that relationship, the fundamental relationship of your life, and then how that relationship then moves out into your creativity and your dreams, and then your relationship with others, and then the world. And so if you know that now is a time that you want to go deep within, we would love to share this offering with you. This is hours and hours of Kristen and I on your television or computer screen. And we, this is wisdom we have been compiling for years that we've compiled into this video series. And if you're interested in that, you can go over to our website, www.thecreateseries.com under online classes, and you will find the course there. It is available for pre-sale right now for a very discounted price. And so we hope that you will join us there. And now on with the show. Oh. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We are. In a global pandemic. Here we are. Let's, let's, wherever you are listening, and Kristen and I, just take a breath for here we are. For here we are. Ah, <sighs> yeah, we are here. We are in this present moment. And it's a moment we have not seen before. Nope. Um, I was talking to my parents yesterday. It was my dad's birthday. And I was talking to him. And I was realizing, oh, they've never been through this before. For all the things they've seen in their lives at almost 80 and they're like, yeah, they've never seen it. Yeah. So wild. They like to not yeah. uh, admit my parents that they are in the over 65 portion that are like extra at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's, it's, really, it's really funny to see uh, how they're adjusting to their own situation. But I don't know about you, um, it's, it's fascinating to see what comes up when people um, have to adjust to a new way of being, right? All of us together. Yeah. One thing that I've been getting really present to is that I've been just forced by my higher power. You know, you can call it universe, whatever. But for me, uh, what I call divine love I feel like I have been forced in the last few years of my life to really go in. And every time I try to go out or get what I think I need from the outside, I feel like I've just been cock-blocked by the universe and been like, nope, not passing go, not collecting $200, inner, inner. And specifically, my body will go into breakdown. So I don't know if you remember this uh, a few years ago. I had that my hip just stopped working and I couldn't walk for five weeks. And I spent five weeks in my house, on my couch, basically meditating and watching Project Runway. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And I remember during that time, there was something that really wanted to be born. There was an awareness and there was also a creative project. And there was some healing, some really deep healing and grief that wanted to be healed that at the beginning of the five weeks, I could not see. And by the end, it became so obvious. And kind of miraculously, once I had done that work, all of a sudden I could walk again. And and there was something in that process. And so since that happened, my body's been speaking to me that way. And I was sharing with you, Kristen, that even in the fall, I started getting really sick and doing all the tests and 
I did both the Eastern stuff with having herbs and Chinese medicine and seeing my acupuncturist and getting body work done. And I was also seeing all the Western doctors and doing CT scans and all the scary things. And no one could figure out what was wrong. And all the tests kept coming back inconclusive. And it was just this like scary time that inevitably was a lot of deep inner work that I had to do and a lot of like internal stuff that was shifting and changing in me. And it was very spiritual for me. That was, that was my experience. And I just kind of came through that in January. And now globally, I'm, I'm witnessing this, what feels to me, what feels in my body, like this same process of a forcing of going in and that we can't use all the usual things that we use to make ourselves feel good. We can't use all the distractions that we normally use to avoid what we don't want to feel. And I just know during this very real time where there are very, there's very real grief and, and fear and a lot of things, I also just have this internal knowing that there's a deep process going on and the sooner we allow for that process and really surrender to the process and, and ask the process, what is it that you want me to see that I've been blind to, um, that there will be really big miracles and internal shifts that can come out of this. Oh, absolutely. And I so identify with you talking about how life gave you these challenges with your body that forced you to have to go internal. And I was sharing with you, I think, earlier this week about it's been such a fascinating process in my own life that uh, just with having projects that drop out, so employment going away has been a consistent, consistent thing in my life for the last 20 years. So all of a sudden, all income disappearing, totally normal in my life. Um, <laughs> I've had some crazy breakups that have left me homeless at the last minute, that have, have ripped apart my world, um, where there has been my, many times in my life, I've gotten it all flipped upside down, as if life has told me over and over again, repeatedly, you cannot hold on to anything. All there is is uncertainty. And in a moment's notice, your entire life can change. You can think it's going this way, this way, this way, and then boom, nope, now we're all the way over there. And it's happened so many times in my life where uh, the paradigm got flipped or switched that all I had was my higher power. I had my internal world to come back to, and it was the only thing to stand on. So it's a really funny thing uh, to go, yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I understand this kind of, huh, okay, all right, here we go. And um, also being a freelance artist, I'm someone who works from home a lot and has had to create my schedule from working at home. So I've always had routines from the moment I get up uh, to when I go to bed at night that has been about putting my life in place. So on a certain level, there's been like, oh, I have training in this. I have training in uh, life turning upside down, in things being chaotic, the bottom dropping out, and having to create a sense of normalcy in something that feels very much not normal. Um, which is only to say the empathy and the compassion for people that have never had their life totally rip apart. It, it, it's, it's a really intense thing to have to grapple with what is going on and realize that we live in a world that never has any certainty, that at any moment things can change. I was talking with you, like I've had so many um, interactions with death and at, at a moment's notice losing some of the closest people in my life and how that brings you so straight up close to whew, it's all so fragile. It can all end. Oh, it's all precious. <gasps> okay. And then from there, realizing we have this opportunity to interact with life and nothing is guaranteed. Mm, yeah. And I do 
love what you were saying about the the training in in this moment and and I do think that there is a comfort in for all of us in some capacity our heart has been broken before or we have grieved big before or we have faced a moment that was insurmountable and we did land on the other side of it and so part of that training although this is a place we have never gone before and as much as we feel so isolated and so socially distanced, we actually are all in this together worldwide. And this may be one of the few moments in history where all of us, billions of us, are feeling with our hearts the exact same things. And so there is a deep communion even within the isolation of this. And I also believe that something like this is also showing us how far our consciousness has risen and how far it has yet to rise. But one of my quarantine jobs that I've given myself is really, really cleaning out my home and cleaning out my space. And yesterday I was going through the tub of all of my old journals and old pictures And I found my journal from when I was 19 years old. And I sent Kristen you some pages because it was so cute. Little 19-year-old Natalie, whose world was ending because the boy she liked didn't like her back and because she felt too fat and because she felt like she was so far from her dream and all she wanted to do was be an actress, but she lived in a small town and there was no way it was ever going to happen for her. And In a similar way, the fear and panic that 19-year-old Natalie felt about all those things is the exact same way that Natalie 20 years later feels about the things that are going on now. And so there's something really incredible in that evolution that we never know how we're going to handle the things that freak us out. We never know how to handle the things that we can't control. And our level of consciousness as a collective has risen to the level where this is the kind of stuff we're dealing with, then the miracles on the other side of who we become in the really diving deep in this moment and saying, who am I going to be on the other side of this? Because who 19-year-old Natalie turned into is pretty fucking fantastic. And she has a lot better coping skills now than she did then. And every time we've gone through grief, we've gotten a little bit more empathetic and a little more compassionate. And every time we've gone through a breakup, we've, our hearts have opened a little bit more. And so who we get to be on the other side of this, not at all to diminish the pain and grief and death and sickness and, and those that, that will tragically succumb to this. And, and those of us who remain uh, will will be able to ascend to a place um, rising on the the brave shoulders of of those who um, are passing during this moment in time and and what humanity can look like and be like at the end of this, I feel hopeful for. Yeah. It's it's true about what you say about the big, things that have come into our life to, to rattle them, to break them up, and how they transform us, who we become on the other side. It's like we never know how life is growing us. We never know where life, <clears throat> life is taking us, but it's taking us somewhere that we've never been. And that's part of the fear that comes up with uncertainty. Oh my goodness, there's nothing to hold on to here. Everything's being stripped away. Everything I use to comfort myself is no longer here. Ah, part of that process. And that we see happen in nature all the time is that how things break apart in transformation, right? That's part of the process. And when we don't know often if you think of look back at any moment in your life when it seemed like things were falling apart, I think of that Pima Schroden book, When Things Fall Apart, you never know where life is leading you to. And so that's why we want to cling to the way things were before. But it's always after those big, huge disruptions where we go, whoa, thank God for that. Thank God for that. 
So not to cling to any kind of sense of false hope or say that anything that we're experiencing right now, those fears, you know, we want to we honor those fears as they come up and we want to love ourselves as we go through the pain of the letting go and also realize there's something that is, that is being revealed. Um, and Natalie and I thought it would be like a really fun, I don't know, exercise, a sharing, um, an interesting way, because everyone right now is talking about coronavirus, right? On the TVs, social media, all the podcasts. I was just joking with Natalie when I went for a run this morning. I couldn't figure out what podcast I wanted to listen to because I had like listened to so many things in the last week. I was like, my ears are full of content. I was like, someone say something to me that I haven't heard before. But Nat and, Nat and I thought it'd be fun as just a way of sharing narratives, right? We all have this way because we are storytellers, because we are creative, we create these like narratives of what's going on in our lives. We do it naturally so that when we get on the phone with our best friend, we can go, hey, guess what's going on? Um, but we thought we would t- listen to what some of our favorite spiritual teachers were saying about right now in, in human history, what their gleaming from current events and then share it with each other just kind of as a way of uh jumping off a way of talking about what's happening and see what we unearth yeah because i know for many of us uh the the being glued to our computer or the tv screen or the latest news or the latest update uh is another kind of narrative and so we just want to make sure that we're um expanding our listening so that we're uh, really taking it all in and then deciding what feels right and congruent to us and what actually makes us feel good and build our immunity and uh, feel powerful in moving through this time as opposed to victimized and afraid. So we just both, and this was kind of a fun process for us, we both uh, picked three spiritual teachers. We each picked three people that we were listening to. And uh, we, we just kind of pulled out some of the wisdom that we thought was really cool that they were sharing. And then we wanted to share that with you all. It's so fun to jam this way. <laughs> I know. It's really great. And it's kind of like we're like doing a podcast with like all of our friends. <laughs> yes, I know. All, all of our buddies were sitting around. And I also want to say something before we jump in. You know, it was so funny. I actually edited myself when I was talking about my parents because what the story I wanted to tell was uh, how my dad... Uh, keeps trying to go incognito and pass for younger than 65 so that he can leave the house. Like he's been clean shaving, <laughs> shaving himself and putting on disguises so he can leave the house. But then I was like, this is like a, a serious thing, this global pandemic. And all I want to do is tell anecdotes about how my dad is so rebellious. He doesn't want to stay inside his retirement community. Um, <laughs> and, and so, but I do find that there's something about crisis where there's always humor. You know, um, when I think about, um, I had this a, a friend who commits suicide, and I remember that all of us who were hanging out when we were waiting for the police could not stop cracking jokes. It was almost like the humor was the thing that gave relief. And so, mm. and I, I just want to give permission for the paradox of being human. So as we go into this conversation, like I keep calling my friends this week and going, happy pandemic, Um, that there's both. There's always both. There is pain and there is suffering and there is joy and there is humor. And part of spiritual maturity is that we just hold it all as part of the human process. So I'm saying this as a way of giving myself permission to laugh, myself permission to be light, and for us to still get to be silly best friends as we also look to this moment in human history that has never happened before. Yeah, because I think that the really important thing in this is allowing ourselves to feel all of it and not feeling guilty or judged for any of it. Because I know it's really easy if you look on Facebook, there's a lot of people that are saying, you should feel this way, or people should do this. There's a lot of opinion and judgment. And, and judgment always comes out of fear. It always comes out of, I can't control, so I'm, I'm going to you know try to do this thing or, or say this thing, and, and maybe that'll give me more of a sense of control. 
But I think, as you said, Kay, the real spiritual maturity in saying this is this is a place we've never been before, and there will be feelings that I don't understand at any given moment. I remember calling you the other night because I have been feeling actually really great, and then all of a sudden, I told a story too many times to too many people in one day, and then the story kind of got inside of me, and there was a deep pain that wanted to come up around it. And so I just had a couple of hours where I just had to cry real tears and they felt universal. They didn't just feel like tears for me. They felt like tears for Italy. They felt like tears for the world. It felt like tears of of little kid pain of wanting to say to my parents, why don't you fix this? Why don't you make this go away? Where's the person who's going to like give me a cookie and make this better? Like what's going on? Um, and, and, there was something beautiful about being on the other side of that. We were with our dear friend, John, and we were just laughing and catching up and, you know, having a glass of wine together. And all of that happened within what felt like an hour. Yes. That the emotions can move if we just allow them without judgment. Can I also out myself for being a crazy person that night? And like feeling, talk about not feeling all my processed feelings, the little feelings inside of me of like, being locked in my house of, here, here, here's my ego thought. I'm always going to be alone. Where's, where's my, am I ever going to have a partner? Which I know is so universal for all single people. So I'm saying this to say we're all together. And then you made a joke about me sleeping with your son one day. And I hung <laughs> up. <laughs> you guys, I hung up on Natalie. And, I hung up on and go, Natalie, this quarantine life is turning me into a crazy person. I just have unprocessed fear about my own singleness. And so I hung up on you. <laughs> I I could not stop laughing about that the next day. I'm like, what a crazy person I am and that you love me even when I'm a crazy person. Oh, I, and that's the gift of like, that's the gift of non-judgmental, true, unconditional love that even like when you were hanging up, I just had the feeling of like, oh, Kristen's going to call me in two seconds <laughs> and we're going to laugh about this. And that's exactly what happened. But that thing of like, oh, you can't, you can't be like offended or take personally anything that comes up right now because everybody is processing things they've never processed before. We just have to give ourselves and the people we love and the people we're quarantined with, you have to give everyone the utmost compassion in the same way you look at someone who's quarantined with a five-year-old and that five-year-old is all over the place emotionally. It's like, can we all get that we all feel exactly that way? It's just, we feel like because we're not five, we're not allowed to show it. So it seeps out every once in a while. And it's our job to not make ourselves wrong for that. And if we can just give compassion to each other when those little things come up and go, yeah, you know, we're in uncharted waters here. It's all good. People can have crazy reactions to things as I will have also, you know? Yes. And the more that we get in the practice of giving compassion to ourselves, it becomes easier and easier to give compassion to others, Mm. which is a kind of a nice segue into the first uh, teacher that you chose. Yeah. So uh, the first teacher that I chose is Elizabeth Gilbert, fellow artist, one of our favorites. I I mean, so much of what Liz has been saying on Instagram, if you don't follow her, I I highly recommend it. It, It's her perspective is beautiful and gentle. And Um, I was listening to a talk that she was giving about fear recently. And one of the first things she said is, hey, can we just get that no one has to be anything right now? Like, you don't have to be a spiritual master right now. You don't have to have anything figured out. Like, you don't have to be perfect. Um, You don't have to be the best parent in the world. Can we just all say we don't have to be anything right now and whatever we are right now, just honor that? And her talk really went on to say that there's so much fear right now that we don't really want to process and feel. And she said, you can't chase fear out. You can only bring love in. Mm. And she goes on to talk about self-compassion. And she says, the opposite of fear is not courage, it's compassion. And I just thought that was the most beautiful entry point into a real gentle way to hold ourselves right now, that none of us have to be courageous. None of us have to know all the answers. None of us have to be anything for anyone. No one has to be productive. No, no one has to be anything right now other than compassionate. That if our only job was 
whatever comes up in me, I'm going to bring compassion and love to. And whatever comes up in anyone else, I'm going to bring compassion and love to. Then that feels like a really healing way to move through this time. And so I just loved her perspective on let's just let ourselves be as afraid as we need to be. And then from love, let's say to that fear, I have so much compassion for the place in you, the place in me that's so afraid. Yeah. And I love in that talk, she she talks about a process of journaling with love. Mm. Whenever she's feeling like scared or frightened, she like writes a letter to love and then lets love answer her. Mm. And a lot of what it says to her is, I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. And I love you. And it actually inspired me. I was like, I want to go write out all my feelings and then have love answer me back of just a way of witnessing those really intense emotions that do come up as a way of honoring them and saying that they get a voice at the table. Mm. And one thing that I found compassion for that I've shared with you, that's been a really beautiful gift of this process is when I very, very first uh, started my career, like wanting to be an actress, I actually started in musical theater and I used to love singing and singing was like my thing. And I just, you know, I've grown up listening to Celine Dion and trying to sing exactly like her or whatever, just always growing up singing and loving singing. And I always remember um, my parents being like, should we tell her she's not really that good at singing? <laughs> and like Me like overhearing them and being like, I'm going to show them I'm so great at singing. And something did happen along the way. And I do think it was a deep insecurity that I stopped singing for joy. And I stopped singing for the sake of how fun it felt to sing. And it started feeling like, well, you have to do scales and you have to sound good and you have to be pitch perfect. And I think the pressure of what it would have, what it would take to actually become like an actual singer intimidated me. And I had so many people in my life who were professional singers, my husband at the time included. And I just felt like, well, I don't have the gift that he has. So maybe I shouldn't do it. And so I stopped singing altogether. And for years I, I mean, singing never came out of my mouth besides, you know, every once in a while. But I mean, I, I chanted, but I certainly took singing off the table. And something that's been really powerful for me in this moment is I just, for joy, started singing again. So every time I'm cleaning my apartment, I just have musical theater on in the background. And I'm just like singing my little face off for Jesus. But what's interesting is every time I'm singing, I feel vibrations in my thighs and I often will have emotional release come up. So I'll be singing and then all of a sudden crying and I just keep singing through the tears. And it's been actually teaching me to not collapse when I have big emotion. I just keep on singing. And even if my voice is shaky and especially when it's shaky and when it's not perfect and the notes don't sound perfect because there's emotion and I'm training myself how to not collapse when big emotions come up through just the act of inviting singing back in my life and it's been a really big gift and it feels to me like Liz writing or love writing the letter to Liz it feels like the singing is love healing me that's so beautiful and I want to also preface that that like I'm not like, it's not about being good like it has nothing to do with like hitting all the notes it's just for the expression of the sound moving through my body. And I love that you're doing it because you love it. Like not doing it to be any good at it, but doing it because it feels good for the expression, the permission. And I think there's so much in that of when we allow ourselves to do what our body wants to do or what our heart wants to do, there's healing in that for us. And isn't that the definition of compassion? That I, I'm so compassionate with myself that I allow myself to have things back that I took off the table. It's gorgeous. Thanks, Nat. So that was my, um, my uh, expression of what Liz Gilbert's been saying about all this. Well, <laughs> all right. So my uh, first ones up are Rob and Kristen Bell. So Yay! <laughs> the Bells! Um, they have been doing this series where they are just 
sitting around the table. And as we've been in this global pandemic, they've just been talking to each other and talking about what uh, comes up and what they're experiencing as a family. And what I'm really enjoying about their conversations is just the ability to say, yeah, we have never been here before. And we feel it too. What you're feeling, we feel it. Like there's a validating of experience and saying, yeah, all of this makes sense. We don't know what we're dealing with. We don't know what we're headed into. And part of that is it's going to bring up these real primal feelings, these really intense emotions. And Rob talks about how when there's something going on that will often pull up unprocessed feelings. So some of the grief that we're feeling is unprocessed grief that wants to come up. Some of the anxiety and dread has been inside of there and needed expression this whole time. And so this big global thing is giving ourselves this permission to feel all these big feelings that have been wanting to be felt this whole time. I was actually, this isn't one of my spiritual teachers in my three, but I was listening to this Marianne Williamson talk where um, she says part of this going in is because we've been distracting ourselves. We've been distracting ourselves this entire time and not feeling our big feelings. And now we're forced to be inside and kind of do this inner work. Um, the, I also love how the Bells talked about one one of the things that was just naturally happening is that their family was indoors. Like at one point they all looked around and they were all working out together. And they're like, <laughs> how did this even happen? You know? It just like let them all be in the same room more. So there was something natural that was occurring. And I, and Kristen Bell talked about um, how she liked to see that people were just starting to find reasons to create connection um, and, and, creative connection that didn't even have anything to do with money. And she mentioned this Instagram teacher uh, who was doing a, like a drawing class online, like an, like on Insta television and like 400 people signed in and she had them draw their dark feelings and their light feelings. And so this natural creative inspiration will come up when all of us have to be in our homes because we are by definition creative there's going to be a spark that's ignited and then all of a sudden people are putting the silly videos on facebook on instagram have you seen that one my corona video that's been going around that i haven't okay this guy basically sings my sharona but he does this whole <laughs> my corona thing and it's so funny and he's so talented but that's just like some of the things that naturally happen. And Kristen was talking about one of the ways we get through hard stuff in life is through sharing. Mm. Right. And that when you start to reach out to other people from your natural impulses of kindness and generosity, it actually helps you. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That this time's really about service. It is, right? There's that opportunity to be of service. Marianne Williamson said something. I love that she's coming in and she's not even one of my teachers. Marianne, get out of my head. Um, <laughs> she said, pick three things you could do each day just to be of service. Mm. And that could just be reaching out to someone. Um, yeah, there's almost, there's this thing that came in my head of like, the more uh, businesses or things go out of service, uh, the more we need to amp up our service, you know? Oh, hey, Natalie Roy. Boom, mic drop. Feels like a fun game to play. Yeah, that is a really fun game to play. Um, as we notice that some of our favorite businesses are going out of business or closing. I texted Natalie this morning. I was like, my cleaners are closing. <laughs> now we're really in a pandemic. Um, I'm like, don't worry. Mine's still open. Come here. <laughs> me going down five blocks with the laundry on my back. That's a cute, that's a cute picture. That's a cute uh, picture. Oh, um, so wonderful. But, one of the things that Rob said that really hit me, you know, he's talking about, and you and I love to talk about this as being witness to everything that comes up. But he was saying that there's this deep place inside of all of us that we often aren't in touch with and it affects every decision we make. And it's, it's a muscle to be able to witness those emotional parts of ourselves and that being able to just, see that part in us and realize that we have the ability to choose how we deal with these big, intense emotions is a muscle. So the more that we can practice, oh, there's my anxiety. 
oh, there's my dread. Oh, there's my fear. Then by witnessing it, we get to choose how we operate off of it. So he talked about this like great invitation that's in the air. So there's the disruption and then there's how you respond to it. And mm. by, as we get to choose our response to the disruption, we get to exercise our power. Mm. So if we're going to have these limitations in life, we're going to have these constrictions, we're going to have this upheaval, what do we do with it? We get to choose what we do with it. And as we make that choice of what we do with it, we shift from disempowered to empowered. And isn't that gorgeous? Oh, Rob Bell for the win. I know. He just knocks me out. Yeah. I I also have so many like cute uh, (laughs) moments where sometimes I think of the bells like all cooped up. And I'm like, Rob has so much energy and he's always creating and always doing things. I'm like, he must be bouncing off the walls. And I Mm -hmm. love it. (laughs) Love, love it. Um, for a totally different energy of yes. a spiritual teacher, I'm going to go from Rob Bell to Eckhart Tolle. <laughs> so Eckhart Tolle had this adorable little cute video recently that he did. Um, and he just looks so sweet. I could just watch him all day. But he really talked about in a similar way that Rob was talking about, about going to that deep place. Eckhart says, the fear is only going to consume us if we don't go deep enough. Because mm. all the things that are, we're actually afraid of, he actually talked about the parable in the Bible that says, have you built your house on sand or have you built your house on, on the rock, on the sturdy foundation? And that those who build their house on the sand, everything falls away. But those who build on the rock, nothing that's real falls away. Like, um, and he talks about that we ourselves are the house, we're the builder of the house, we're all the things in the parable. And so it's like, have my beliefs been built on sand? Have, have my worthiness been built on sand? And what we can look at as the sand in this situation is everything that we aren't really, all the circumstances that we're busy looking at determining our worth. Like, um, am I the amount of money I have in my bank account? Or am I as good as my kids are achieving? Or am I as good as the next thing I can produce, right? When we build our worth and our value and who we are on those kinds of things, that's the sand that will fall away. And those are the things we're really afraid will fall away because we don't feel like we're losing things. We feel like we're losing ourselves. But when we really go deeper and we get the consciousness that we really are, that's the place that there's nothing to fear because that's the thing that's been here long before all the other things were. That's the thing that is um, more and, and deeper and profound and divine that has nothing to do with what you do or where you live or, or even who you live with. But there's a consciousness, an ever-present consciousness, and it's in the present moment. So he talks about how adversity is actually a wonderful opportunity because it's the one thing that forces us to go deeper. And then he like laughed, you know, with his cute little laugh. And he said, I've never heard of anyone awakening in their comfort zone. (laughs) So that this thing that's pulling us all so far out of our comfort zone, his framing of it is the opportunity to go deep because in our comfort zone, we're so comfortable, we'll never go anywhere else. We'll just stay there. And life is saying, I want you to go deeper. And then he went on to say that for him, the definition of fear is a thought form that projects us into a future moment. And when we leave the present moment, the thought form also will create an emotion and that's when the fear arises. Ooh, can you say that one more time again? That, that the definition of fear, according to Eckhart Tolle, is a thought form that projects us into a future moment. So a thought yes. form that takes us out of the present moment and into the future. And then once we land over there in the future, that creates an emotion that we would call fear. Yeah. And so we're afraid of not being connected to ourselves in this present moment. Yes. But if we bring ourselves back to the present moment... In this moment, I'm sitting looking at my friend Kristen. I'm I'm sitting in a chair. In this moment, all is well. In this moment, I am safe. In this moment, I am okay. And even those who are experiencing sickness, 
in this moment, you know, there, there are parts of me that are okay. There's a bed underneath of me that there's, if we can really ground ourselves in the present moment without projecting ourselves into the future, what ifs into the future, how long is this going to last into the future? What's this going to mean for the economy into the future? What ifs, what ifs, what ifs, that's actually what we're afraid of. But in this present moment, he, he sort of was giggling and saying like, isn't it nice to sit at home? (laughs) Is it (laughs) nice to have more time on your hands? Like, you know, in this present moment, the fear is just of what might be, what could be in many cases. And he said, he's certainly not talking about people who are actually very, very sick and, and these kinds of situations. But for most of us, the experience is, I'm afraid of what could be, not of what really is in this moment. Yes. That's exactly right. Cute, Eckhart Tolle. He's so cute. I love when so he laughs. Cute. And I could listen to that German accent all day long. So adorable. Um, okay, I'm going to um, rock to some Michael Beckwith. Oh, I hoped you would. Oh, gosh, he's so sexy and cool. Do you remember when you and I used to like have like a slight... Because uh, you and I are often not interested in the same... Uh, men but he, he was like a crossover where we were both like I wonder if there was a world where we could both date Michael Beckwith <laughs> I just think we should talk to him about it I know you have just, a husband we should and mention it <laughs> we should mention if he's ever on our podcast we should casually <laughs> propose the idea you know. if anyone listening to our podcast knows Michael Beckwith you can let him know our intentions are good <laughs> <laughs> we have very pure intentions to love him deeply um, <laughs> well he talked about a daily renewal of the mind. He says, okay, now everybody's telling you, you've got to wash your hands, right? Wash your hands. I want you to daily cleanse your mind. Uh, In fact, he said, every time you wash your hands, that's an opportunity to come back to the cleansing of the mind. So that's a ritual that's real worth getting into. That's incredible. Isn't that great? So he says, well, what we want to cleanse from is the thought forms of doubt, worry, and separation, right? So they're in Mm. the world, they're they're going to get on us, and we are meaning-making machines. Um, So he says, if we're going to make our own meaning, can we let it not be madness? (laughs) Ah, That's great. I love that idea of like the same way I wash dirt and grime off my hands. I wash from my mind the equivalent dirt and grime that's, that's gathered up from all the news I've watched that day or all the disempowering conversations that have come up or all those things. That's so great. Yeah. He says it's communal time. So the, the time that we get to commune and that you can only commune with something that you are at one with. Ooh. Isn't that awesome? Or are we at one with our fear or are we at one with possibility or are we at one with wholeness or health or joy or presence? Anything? Yes, presence. exactly. Yeah. Um, so he talked about a lot of us have been avoiding ourselves through activity that has no meaning. And this, I know. So he talked Ooh. about, I know, Michael Beckwith, this is why I have such a crush. And he says, so can we use this time to go deep within and see what is our life about? <sighs> He's like, don't let this time pass you by. You've been out there running around, distracting yourself. Now come in and and check into what your purpose is. And he talked about how everyone is out there and they are consumed with gasoline, groceries, and guns. I didn't know this, but I guess people are out there buying guns right now during this time. there's been a big surge, apparently. Yeah, that's what he was saying. And he said, he's like, he talked about the three C's of communion, community, and compassion. Uh. And when we're in this place of communing with the source, with the presence, he wants us to ask ourselves, what is essential? What in our lives can we let go of? So how do we learn how to be with ourselves and not with mindless activity? Um, And he talked a lot about what's going on is the death of systems that don't work anymore, right? There's this great falling away. And he said, we don't want to be the same person we were when this started. So he's like, at the end of this, there's going to be the death of all these systems that don't work. New systems have to be born. Don't be the same person that you, you started going into this. Like, let whatever 
from you that wants to, that needs to fall away so that you can come out of this and be part of the solutions and the birth of those new systems. Whoa. Mm-hmm. It's a real reset button. Yeah. I mean, how many times in our lives do we get a real like 180 reset button opportunity? Like I get to be someone entirely new on the other side of this. Whoa. Who do I want to be? There's already a Kristen in me revealing herself to me, trying to emerge from me and get rid of all my old bad behaviors or just behaviors that didn't serve the next level of my evolution. You know, let's oh. not judge the behaviors, but let's just say, okay, those were, those were part of Kristen's coping behaviors for the old world, for the old paradigm. But there's, a, there's something that is like knocking on the door of my heart of who I'm meant to be next. And something you and I were talking about at our last live create was this consumerism and consumption that we've gotten really in the habit of. So many of us have spent our lives chasing after things that make money Mm -hmm. as opposed to the things that give meaning. And so this is a moment where none of us can make money. I know. when When we're stripped away from the thing we usually do, now what? And we get an opportunity to do something that feels really meaningful. Yeah. And meaningful to us. Like, so just how you started singing and that was meaningful to you. What is that thing that we have been denying ourselves this entire time that will create meaning for our own hearts, for our own lives, for our own evolution? Because I guarantee you at the end of this, I will not make money as a singer. I promise you that is not the goal. There is no goal of like turning my life upside down and becoming the next whatever. This is the meaning that is in and of itself. That the activity alone gives me an emotional release that creates so much meaning and intimacy with myself that it doesn't need to give me anything. I've already gotten so much. Mm, That's so beautiful. Michael Beckwith. I can't even with him. Uh, um, well, here is, I, I want to end my little trio with Kyle Cease, who I love. And Kyle um, had a lot of really cool things to say about this, this moment, one of which he said, I'm always looking at circumstance, so I'm never looking at myself. <gasps> Ooh. Is that amazing? Yeah. We're always so busy looking at the job we're doing, looking at the person we're with, looking at what our kids are doing, looking what the next thing on our to-do list is. There's, there's so much circumstance we spend our time looking at that we never actually look at ourselves. And this is a moment where circumstance is falling away. And so the only thing left to look at is ourselves. Or we fill it with more circumstance, like watching too much TV or watching too much news or, you know, whatever ways that we want to distract ourselves. But that the opportunity in this time is, is to turn our attention on ourselves. And this is something he said that's really interesting because when our view is external, when we're looking at circumstance, nothing we see is the truth. That the only thing that's actually true is the inside unmanifest thing. You and I've talked a lot about Prakriti and Purusha. Purusha is the light inside of us, the consciousness, the soul, the spirit. And it's called yoga. The yogis call it the unmanifest. And everything that's Prakriti form, the table, the chair, the partner, the relationship, everything that we see is what we would call the manifest. So the only thing that's the truth is the consciousness, the love, it, it, love expresses itself through the form and we see it, but we're not really seeing what is the truth. We're just seeing uh, our adaptation of what that looks like projected onto an outer circumstance or an outer object. So this is an opportunity to know what's really true by knowing the unmanifest in ourselves. And if we spend this time, this isolation, this hibernation, getting to know the unmanifest in ourselves, then we get to manifest it in outer reality when all this is over. So at the end of all this, like there's a seed that we get to plant in the ground that's unmanifest. And at the end, every seed is going to sprout into something. And we get the opportunity to make something that's never been before. 
oh, that's great. Right? So we don't get to make the same old rose that we've seen over and over. We get to make something that's never been before. And it's our own manifestation. Like I, as a human, get to be on the planet what I have never been before. Because I get to take what is still unmanifest in me, that potential that I came in with, that I haven't had a chance to manifest yet, or I haven't known to manifest yet. On the other side of this, that gets to be born on the planet. And how much money does that thing make? And how, who does that thing date? And wh- what does that thing do on the planet is a really exciting question, right? Um, get this, uh, Mike Drop from Kyle Cease. He said, life made doing too hard so we would have to be. <gasps> oh. Life made doing too hard so we would have to be. Because we are human beings, not human doings. But we've gotten so busy in accomplishing and production and making things and doing things and producing things and all the things. We forgot to be. We forgot to be with ourselves. We forgot to be present. So life made doing too hard. So we would have to. I identify with that so much. Have you found that over the past week, there's just this, I'm going to take my time. Yeah, I'm going to walk through the park again. Like there's this like, what do I want to do now? When I wake up in the morning and I don't feel the pressure of, okay, now I have to get up and I have to get to this thing and I have to do that. It's like, I can just lay in bed and look out the window. I don't know where to be. Yeah. My morning practices have like been like two hours long, taking my sweet time, reading like three books at at a time. Yeah. yeah. And now here is the, the, my all-time favorite. I saved the best for last. Uh, he said, we attach I to what is temporary. And then when those things go away, we don't know who we are. I am a waiter. I am rich. I am broke. But when those go away, do you? Mm. No. So this is a moment where we've identified I to a whole bunch of things that are going away. And the gift of that is so we can know, oh, wait, all those things that I thought was I went away. Who's the real I? It's whatever thing is left without all those other things I've identified as. Oh, now I get to know. I am still here. I'm still here. Yeah. All my money went away. All my jobs went away. All the people in my life went away. Like everything went away. What is the I that remains? And this is a time where we get to know. It's like the best date of our lives. With our innermost self. Yeah. Who we've never gotten to know. Because wow. we've been too busy looking at circumstance. This might be my favorite podcast of ours of all time. Oh, it's I just love so it. amazing to it's like so- all. And again, it's like all of this. This is just, here's a whole bunch of people we love who are going through this experience and saying, hey, this is what I'm feeling this is about. Yeah. And it's like, hey, which news do you want to listen to? Which news? All right. So I'm going to finish up here real quick yes! with our buddy, Matt Kahn. Yes, Matt Kahn. So Matt Kahn was on the Hay House website and he did this live Facebook live video and he talked about, can we be grateful for the things that bring us discomfort? So he said, every time there's something in our life that brings us huge amounts of discomfort, it's bringing us into greater consciousness, whether those are the little things in our life, like a breakup or they're happening on a global scale. And he said that difficulties bring us into alignment with our soul, right? Because those difficulties are taking away the things that we are not. And he talked about in his new book, he has these like new golden rules. And one of them is hardships are fast-tracked through thankfulness. So when we will use thankfulness for our hardships, they, they, uh, they fast-track them. They help, they help us see what they're... What they, what they're really for, and to move through those hardships in a new way. So he gave us an invitation in this Facebook Live video to go inward and say, hey, 
can we be thankful for the fact that this virus, this thing that's happening right now is uh, causing us to face our fears? Can we be thankful for the fact that it's helping us to reprioritize our lives? Mm. Can we be thankful for the fact that it's up-leveling our spiritual practices? So not that we are denying all of the pain and the suffering and the death that is bringing, but that as it is bringing this, there are other things that it is also bringing. And can we find the thankfulness inside of it? And even thank you, economy, for having to be rebuilt. And, and thank you to all those things that have to fall apart in order to be reconstructed. So he, he goes through this really deep process, if anyone wants to watch it on the Hay House website, where he has you put your hand on your heart and go through and say out loud these like this list of like thankfulness to really see how often we avoid these things that are, they're not comfortable, they're inconvenient, they cause us pain, they cause us suffering. And so then we just want to push them away and get into avoidance of them. But Mm. if we can be willing to be thankful for them, how it brings us through them and it brings us through them in a whole different experience. It's really intense. And I actually was reading his book this morning, which you and I may be talking about more in our next podcast. And I did this process of saying thankful for the hardships in my life. And it was really beautiful how I could feel them alchemizing. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah, I think it is. It sounds good. Yeah, thank you. Um, I could could feel it in a way that felt really potent. And um, yeah, it was great. I I really believe that because I do know that for myself being in isolation with myself, I'm not isolated with my family. I'm not isolated with my partner. I'm isolated with myself. And I know the level of profound, deep love. Like I was uh, looking at uh, old pictures of like my brother and I, old pictures of like my cute parents on their wedding day, old pictures of my grandparents. And I, I was just sobbing for joy for these beautiful humans in my life. And I think it would be real easy to just not have had that moment if I wasn't in this moment of deeply missing them. And so there's so many gifts in getting um, present and grateful to, I'm so grateful for this moment where I feel separated from these people that, that really shows me how deeply my heart loves and cares for them. Yes. I just think of how I've been talking to my family, like all members of my family, almost every day. And it's causing us to just really treasure each other and, and realize how precious we are. Um, the way that it's, it's also fun during this time, just getting like text messages and calls from people all over the place. An old friend called me the other night and we just laughed and cried and it felt so rich. So the way that we can really honor these connections this community that we have in our life Mm. and um, see that 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 is the gift such a gift wow and so what Kristen and I wanted to say to you all about this podcast is what we have just given you is a podcast of a whole bunch of people's opinions and processes and ideas about this time in the same way Everything you're scrolling on the internet is opinions and things of this time. And all of it is here for us. And it can be helpful and it can be harmful and it can give us clarity and it can give us confusion. And the real calling, instead of listening outward to all of these wonderful teachers or all of these newscasts or all of these things, the real calling is to listen to your own deep wisdom. Because in the same way you can be inspired by all of these wonderful things that these other people have said, or maybe something Kristen and I have said, or maybe something Governor Cuomo says, or something someone says, there is, there is a wise spiritual teacher inside of you that has wisdom for you. And one of the most exciting moments 
of this time can be that you really, really, really get access to your own wisdom. Mm, yeah, inside. <laughs> there is the most profound teacher for you. We would love for you to come on our Create Community Facebook page and share, hey, in my meditation, I heard this, or I got this, or this was the instinct that I got, or this was the process I did, or this is what I learned about myself during this time, or this is the me that I got to know that I haven't known yet. We, we want to know your wisdom, and we want you to know your own wisdom. And that is something that is going to bring a lot of beautiful meaning and communion to this time, however long it lasts. We love you. And thank you for being part of this conversation with us. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening. We love to feel like we have friends all over the world in you who are committed to doing their dream on the planet. And if you like this podcast and you want to find out more about what we're doing or who we are, our pop-up classes, our online classes, you can check all of that out at thecreateseries.com. And if you want to be part of our Facebook community, you can go to the Create Community page. That's C, period, R, period, E, period, A, period, T, period, E, period, community. And if you loved this podcast, why not share it with a friend?